going on, everyone? I'm Ben Portnoy. Alongside me, Garrick Hodge. Garrick, what's up, man? Living the dream, one day at a time. We're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Crazy time, elections and all that, but we're going to step away from that. Give you all a break. Let's. Uh, I think we could all use a mental break on all of that, and let's talk some football. We'll have Adam Sparks from the Nashville, Tennessee, and to talk Vanderbilt a little bit later. Uh, that said, Garrick, it's been... It, I guess this has probably been the quietest the program's been in a couple of weeks, at least over the last few days, outside of uh, obviously one big story. But, you know, we'll get to that here quickly, and I think let's start there, frankly. Kylan Hill opts out of the season. We kind of assumed this was coming. We weren't sure when it was coming, but it's finally happened. Mississippi State's Kylan Hill, Columbus native, not going to play the rest of the year uh, to prepare for the NFL draft. What do you kind of make of it, and where do you feel like Mississippi State kind of stands now? Well, he uh, sent out a tweet that uh, he's dealing with some family problems in regards to sickness, unfortunately. Um, so certainly wish him all the best with that. Um, Mike Leach said the other time that he and Kylan hadn't even been in contact for multiple weeks. So who truly know what this, when Kylan Hill decided to opt out or... Um, when he didn't want to uh, continue the rest of this year, but he's going to put all his focus into the NFL draft. So, um, well wishes to him. Um, obviously did a lot for uh, Mississippi State in his uh, tenure here, led the SEC in rushing. Um, and, yeah, his uh, his tweet and his uh, post on Facebook kind of confirmed what we kind of were expecting for the last two or three weeks here. Um, and it is too bad he can't finish his career, but um, certainly wish him the, wish him the best. And... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Mississippi State gets another win without them because their uh, their offense has been certainly struggling the last four games. Um, in the first game against LSU, they scored 44 points. In the last four games, all losses, they have scored a combined total of 30. Um, against Vanderbilt this week, who has been the most hapless team in the SEC by a wide margin um, in terms of point spread, offensive efficiency, and defensive efficiency. Um, there's not really a whole lot of bright spots when you look at that program. So it's a little quite humorous that uh, our friends, odds makers in Vegas, predicted a 16-point uh, Mississippi State spread, um, which I uh, kind of joked is you know more than half of the points that Mississippi State has scored in the last four games. Um, but... Um, Vanderbilt's defense has uh, been very not good, so it's uh, certainly possible that uh, regardless of who starts at quarterback, whether that's K.J. Costello, of course he suffered that um, injury and had to leave five series into Alabama where they lost 41-0. I don't think we're going to touch too much on that game besides, yeah, it was bad, Alabama's really good, and Mississippi State was not on the same level of that team whatsoever. Um, all right, we, we covered the Alabama game, I think. I was going to say, y'all can't see it, but I'm pretty much just nodding at the microphone with what, uh, with what yeah, Garrick we, said uh, there. We covered the Alabama game. All right, great. Um, <laughs> but but kind of going on that same point, uh, Vanderbilt, I mean, their de- defense has been pretty bad, and whether it's Will Rogers or K.J. Costello, um, who I mean, even if K.J. is healthy, they may go with Will Rogers. Will he just said it's been pretty 50-50 again this week, so... Um, we'll see where it's at, and uh, what do you kind of hope to see? Um, maybe uh, one fits all cure all for the Mississippi State offense, because if not, uh oh. 
Yeah, I think something that, you know, I'm interested to see, first of all, is how, you know, the young running back room kind of handles things. I will say they've pretty much had an opportunity to do that the last few weeks, so we've at least gotten a sense of it between Dylan Johnson and Jaquavius Marks. Uh, I wrote about that a little bit today in today's paper um, and online about that, just kind of what to expect from those guys, what they kind of bring to the table, and kind of where Mississippi State stands in the running back room. Uh, Lee Witherspoon probably figures in a little bit, might get a few carries at some point, just with Kareem Walker also not no longer with the team. Um, that said, uh, the quarterback situation is interesting because I think that, you know, as far as we know, you know, they're monitoring K.J. Costello's status. We don't know whether he's going to be healthy or not. Um, you know, Leach was asked on Monday about it and said, you know, that he's going to be monitored through the week and they'll see from there. Um, I, I think that if there was a time this year that Will Rogers was going to start a game, I think this is it. I don't know that it happens. I think that Mike Leach will probably roll with Costello if Costello is healthy. But that said, I, I think that if you're going to start Will Rogers, this is the game to do it. I think that you've seen enough. I, again, I, I still don't fall in the camp of saying that Will Rogers is the savior of this program. I think that we can all kind of agree that, you know, at this point, this season's kind of moot. And, you know, you get what you can get out of it and move on to next year and, and keep progressing forward. But I, I think that... If you can hold on, if you're looking to at Will Rogers and saying, "Hey, let's see what we've got. Let's see if we can get him some confidence and maybe let him ride this thing out the rest of the way," I think this is the game that it happens. Um, I certainly think that uh, you got to see what you have, um, and maybe Leach just flat out decided that Costello, the veteran, was the better option to throw into Tuscaloosa, even coming off of a two-week bye. Um, which he said um, after the Texas A&M loss was going to be an ample opportunity to get Will Rogers for an opportunity should they go that route. But um, I would think that Will Rogers is going to get the start. Um, that's just my speculation. I don't have any inside info or anything like that. But um, I will be interested to see how Rogers plays over the progression over a full game. Um, it's hard enough for a true freshman to play, even if you're given a full week of preparation, let alone um, – not taking complete first-team reps in practice and looking over reads and being discussed as a guy and having to come off the uh, bench and pitch it, pinch it, essentially. So, um, no, it'll be, I mean, and, I mean, this is a great defense on paper to make your SEC debut against. Maybe Will Rogers throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns, and we're talking here next Wednesday about how uh, – inspiring of a performance it was leading into the game against Vanderbilt. We'll just have to see. Um, I would like to see, um, aside from quarterback, uh, a receiver kind of step up. We haven't seen any signs of life from the wide receiver group really since week one. Um, and I guess that goes double for any offensive position, uh, line, a quarterback, uh, wide receivers. Um, I mean, I think the line, after looking completely hapless against uh, Alabama, uh, sorry, Texas A&M looked slightly better against Alabama. Um, still certainly um, needs a lot of polishing, to uh, put it mildly. But um, And defensively, I think that Mississippi State should be able to contain this Vanderbilt attack uh, pretty well in check, I would think. Um, even in Alabama, um, when Devonta Smith didn't catch... <laughs> five touchdowns or four touchdowns, whatever it was. Uh, they, they did okay. Um, I guess they did the best they could, but um, I don't know. This is just a long, rambling way of saying that I, 
I think if you don't see significant progress this week, then we have a whole lot more questions than answers. Well, I think it was you and I or, or some others joking about this before, but this game feels very much like the Arkansas game last year where we all kind of marched into it and thought, you know, there's a chance they could lose this football game. And then Mississippi State ended up going on and winning by, what was it, 30 points, 32 points uh, in Fayetteville last year. Uh, we'll get to projections later, but I, I think that this game's profile similarly. I think that Mississippi State, it, this is a chance to get right, get things going in the right direction. I just think that there's been so many issues, and, and especially on the offensive line, and I think I've written about this about 100 times this year, but, you know, you could have Brett Favre back there and it wouldn't matter who's, play, who's you know, and this offense probably wouldn't look a hell of a lot better just because of how bad the offensive line's been. I mean, you know, I, the stat that I always keep going back to is that, you know, the third lowest rated passing, pass protecting team in Power 5 football, according to Pro Football Focus. That can't happen when you throw the ball almost, you know, 60 times a game. I mean, you just can't afford to be that bad and get a pass against the in passing situations. And when that happens, you know, you look at it and you think, okay, is Costello doing something wrong? Is he not getting through his reads quickly enough? Is it same goes for Will Rogers? Yeah, there's some of that. And, and I think that's part of it. And I don't think that there's been excellent quarterback play. And I think great, a good quarterback or, or more productivity from the quarterbacks would help. But that starts at the offensive line. And I think that this is a chance for that group to get some, uh, get some uh, uh, positive vibes, some confidence. There's the word I'm looking for. Um, some confidence heading in to the the rest of the season, and you know if that happens, that helps, and you've got some winnable games down the stretch. Whether it's you know Ole Miss, Missouri, even Auburn, frankly, probably I don't think anyone's going to pretend that Georgia's a winnable game, but um, I, I think that you've got a chance, and because of that, you, you know you need a game like this to kind of get that confidence back, and especially along the offensive line and with Mason Miller and company and. You know, if you're able to do that, you give yourself a fighting chance at, what, maybe four and six at the end of the year. I still think that's a stretch, but, um, you know, this, this is a game you have to have. Yeah, Saturday will really give us an indication on how much uh, dysfunction they've really fallen into, whether it's just, um, well, they ran into some tough scheduling and some tough defenses, and against the weak link of the SEC, they're good to go. Um, we'll just have to see. We, don't, we won't have an answer until Saturday, apparently. Um, but um, um, anyway, let's uh, hop on the phone, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, obviously lost Adam there briefly, but we'll uh, we'll fight through it and keep going and uh, listening to what he's got to say on the Vanderbilt Commodores. And we're now joined by Adam Sparks of the Nashville Tennessean. Adam, thanks for joining us. Hey, it's good to be on. I'm just I'm happy that football season is still going into November. It was it was to toss up a couple months ago. And even in Nashville, probably a couple of weeks ago, given what uh, what the Commodores have dealt with in the last few weeks and a couple of games canceled, it'll be kind of an outbreak in Nashville. I guess I guess I'd start there as before we jump into Mississippi State and Vanderbilt. But with that, with all that's kind of gone on around the program, with the actual on field result, where are things kind of at within this program right now? Kind of heading into the tail end of the season. Well, I mean, it's definitely week to week in terms of roster size and. All that sort of thing. Um, you know, when the SEC came out with that uh, requirement in the preseason, you have to have 53 scholarship players. You thought, well, that will that really happen? Will somebody be drained that much on the roster? And, and sure enough, it happened to Vandy. Their, their Missouri game, they had below 
53, so that, that game was postponed um, to the, that December 12th fill-in date. Um, and then, uh, and then you know, even the next week, they, they, I guess, fortunately had a bye week after that. And when they did, Derek Mason said they were more like in the 40s at that point, so they wouldn't have played at that again then either. Uh, this past week against Ole Miss, uh, as best I can tell, I've been told, they're probably more around the, the lower 60s. So... They, they had enough to go then, but it's, I mean, it's a day-to-day thing. You know, you have three COVID tests per week, and everybody sort of holds their breath each time. They've actually lost a couple more guys just since the last game. They had a junior college quarterback who was their number number two or number three. He has opted out after the first three games. He's now opted out of the season. They lost their starting safety, who's also the one of the top kick returners in the SEC, Donovan Kaufman. Uh, he's out for the year, medical reasons. We don't know what those are. So, you know, every time Bandy loses somebody else for what seems like even sometimes the traditional reasons, injuries or, or whatever, you know, you get you get that number or getting closer and closer to 53. So I honestly go into every game week now with the question, how many players do you have? Um, Adam, moving toward the uh, on-the-field matchup coming up on Saturday, last I looked, Vegas had uh, Mississippi State as a 16-point favorite, which I found mildly amusing because that would be more than half of the points that Mississippi State has scored in the last four games. But um, I guess when you look at it from an on-the-field standpoint, where do you think Vanderbilt matches up on paper with Mississippi State if they do whatsoever, and where do you think they can exploit any matchups? Yeah, I mean, that's hard to say. Um... You know, because Vandy is the only team in the conference that's probably had a worse time, or I know that's had a worse time, was scoring Mississippi State's 80. I mean, the 21 against Ole the optimistic thing for them, because at that point they were averaging about 18 and a half, 19. So it's, it's shrunk a little bit. And probably the reason for that is, yeah, even if Mississippi State wins, you've, you've got to score, you know, upper 20s, 30s to have that sort So. Teams may even be able to uh, able to score that many. Um, you know, as far as matchups, um, Vandy's passing game has shown some life. Ken Seals is their quarterback. He's a true freshman. He tends to get better each game. He's had some red zone mistakes, but I mean, this past game he threw for over 300 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Um, he seems on an upward trajectory. Uh, if you guys remember Kyle Shermer, Vandy's quarterback from a couple of years ago, he was a starter for the better part of four years, ended up being the career passer, all-time career passer for Vandy. Their their stories are similar. Their makeup is similar. Their arm strength, their approach to the game, all those things are similar. And uh, and Seals has had a better freshman year than Shermer has. They have some some wide receivers they can count on. They have a good tight end and Ben Bresnahan. So, you know, I think they'll be able to at least move the ball some. Getting into the end zone has been another issue for them. They moved the ball some in the middle of the field, haven't been able to finish the red zone that much. I, I, I'm very curious to see the matchup, as I guess is always the case, of, of Mississippi State's passing game against Vandy secondary. Uh, you know, the air raid I know has had really high highs and really low lows so far. Um but, you know, Vandy was – Vandy secondary was absolutely torched last week. Uh, um, Ole Miss threw for seven touchdown passes. And honestly, if that game went 15 more minutes, it may have been 10 touchdown passes. I mean, they, they just – they were not stopping the passing game of Ole Miss. And uh, Ole Miss's approach to the pass is, is different than, 
Mississippi State, but I think it brings into question the fact that Andy King get a pass rush and their secondary is not communicating well. I'm sure Mike Leach will try to exploit that. You mentioned the pass rush and not necessarily getting a ton of push up front. I mean, I think I think I was looking at the numbers and Vandy's. I think last in the conference in sacks and in tackles for a loss. Do you see any reason for that, or what do you kind of pinpoint that as? Well, I mean, it's, some of it's personnel. Um, Vandy's probably got two guys. I think that would stack up fairly well to in the front seven. Two guys would stack up fairly well to some to. to you know, to defenders on other teams, starters mm-hmm. on other teams in the conference. Uh, Andre Mintz, who's an outside linebacker, but he's really more of a rush end. And uh, Dio Odengbo, who probably will get drafted um, in the spring. Big 6'6", athletic uh, defensive end. Um, those two guys can play. The rest of them are kind of hit and miss. So, you know, if you've got two guys that can win one-on-ones, um, you can double them, you can chip them or whatever and be able to handle the rest of the guys. And part of it is personnel, you know, but then you've got a, you know, you've got sort of a cat and mouse game that Vandy has lost lately. So last week against Ole Miss, they knew they had to bring more pressure um, to, to, to get to, to close the pocket a little bit on Matt Corral. So they brought extra pressure and they went man coverage and they left some guys in coverage out on islands and went, their pressure didn't get there, and they didn't win enough one-on-ones. That's where they got torched in the passing game. Derek Mason even said after the game that they should have just dropped back in zone because what they were doing wasn't working, and the pressure was just not getting there. Again, Mississippi State will, will you know, have a, a different perspective on the pass, and I don't think they're going to try to run the ball like Ole Miss did. But Bandy's got to figure out how to get a pass rush. Otherwise, regardless of who Mississippi State trots out there, they'll be able to throw the ball on Bandy. Adam, obviously a lot of uh, mystery surrounding Derek Mason from outside of the program. Uh, last year, uh, he was given another vote of confidence to lead this program again this year. Um, obviously, in a normal circumstances, without you know uh, budgets uh, and athletic departments being what they are, they might go a different direction. But do you have any sense for how they feel about Derek Mason at this moment? Well, it's always a weird thing because I'm asked this probably every every week. Uh, because people look at the record of, people look at the record of Derek Mason and they look at the, say this is his seventh year even before the pandemic you say how is he still the coach it's such a different standard at Vandy um, historically especially um, Derek Mason has an awful record and he has an awful SEC record and he only has two of his what will be two of his seven seasons where he went to a bowl game six or six both of those years and yet he's got two contract extensions um and he's got the second most bowl appearances of any coach in Vanderbilt history uh, behind James Franklin, the, his predecessor. And he's, he's got a decent record, pretty good record, actually, compared to other coaches in the last 50 years. So the standard is really low at Vandy of what can keep a coach around. You know, the, 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 the biggest thing keeping him in his job right now, though, is his contract situation. I mentioned those two extensions. We don't know what his contract exactly actually is the, the, the terms of it because it's private school. But just from my reporting in the past, I know it's multiple years. Uh, he may finish this year with two years left or even three years left. Again, how much is the buyout with that? Vandy does not fire coaches historically with multiple years left on contracts. They just prefer a contract expires and a coach just walks away. 
that's not how the rest of the SEC approaches things. If this was another SEC school, Derek Mason would have been fired two or three years ago. Uh, but it's not, so he's trying to cling to his job. Winning a game this year, even if it's one game, would help him quite a bit. And really, if you look at the schedule, I think his best chance is this week, Mississippi State. His second best chance is, I don't know, maybe Tennessee, maybe Missouri. But if I had to line them up right now, I'd say if if Andy loses this one to go 0-5, I think the odds are that they'll go over 10. So this is a pretty pivotal game for him just to show that he's got a little juice left. And kind of to that, I guess, just last thing, if you've got one, do you have any kind of prediction for Saturday? And what do you think the score might be? Oh, boy. Um, you know, I mean, normally I would say Vandy would keep it under the, whatever the line is, 16, 18. Uh, but I thought that last week against Ole Miss, and they, Ole Miss far exceeded that line. So I don't know if I have a score in mind, but, but I'll say Mississippi State's going to win, and I think they'll probably cover. I think I think Vandy has the tools to hang with Mississippi State. I think Vandy has uh, a, enough in the tank to beat Mississippi State. But I may believe it when I see it kind of guy, even if it's a week too late. And I just haven't seen much of anything from Vanderbilt the past month to tell me that they're going to they're gonna be in this game in the fourth quarter. So I think Mississippi State wins it by double digits at least. Adam, appreciate you taking the time and uh, hopping on and giving us some insight on, on the Commodores as they head to Starkville this weekend. No problem. Good to be, uh, good to be on. See you guys at Starkville. Sounds good. Can't wait. Again, that was Adam Sparks of the Nashville Tennessean. Appreciate Adam taking a few minutes to talk Vanderbilt, Mississippi State with us. Garrick, it's that time of the show. What do you say we pick some games? Well, as always, I'm very happy to pick some games. And as always, we can absolutely never rely on you to accurately count up the total of games picked, which is very sad, very disappointing. And we're just going to have to assume that I'm winning because that's just clearly how things work here. I'm going to have to go back and and recalculate those. Yeah, I t- a little bit of a crazy week, so I haven't had the chance to go back and calculate those. But next week, I promise, this this is the, the, the God's honest truth that's happening. Next week, I will have the votes compiled. We'll have a real count of, of who's winning in I that. I think you have said that like three weeks in a row. I think last week was the first week I guaranteed it. But this is this is a this is a blood bank guarantee. Take it to the bank. You're, you're good. Wow, so. he's like even like... Offering blood now, I no. says it. All right, let's let's just pick games so Penn doesn't lose any more pints of blood. Yeah, let's let's pick some games here. Uh, let's start at the bottom. Tennessee, Arkansas, the seven thirty game on, ES, on SEC Network. Uh, Arkansas gave Texas A and M some fits last week. Uh, these teams are both kind of in similar situations, trying to get back toward the top of the SEC. Tennessee obviously has a little bit higher aspirations, probably than Arkansas, but both these programs trying to climb the ladder. Uh, I, I believe Tennessee was off last week. I'm going to go, you know what, I'm going to stick with the Razorbacks again. I thought they might beat Texas A&M. They came a little short, but I, I'm going to take the Razorbacks in this one. Um, hmm. I have no reason behind this, but Tennessee. Cool. I just, I, I think the Tennessee's offense has been a problem, and that's where I stand on that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to be a really sloppy game, and, um, but... I think Tennessee's going to win something like 17-14. to 14. I just have a weird vibe feeling about this game. Next up, Texas A&M, South Carolina. We're kind of going backwards to front, but uh, Texas A&M, South Carolina, I-, I like the Aggies. I think they're doing uh, themselves a solid in cementing themselves pretty firmly right behind Alabama as the number two team in, 
in the SEC West, and and I think they've done a good job of that. Uh, I think they take care of business against South Carolina, but I don't think it's an easy contest. I, I think this is a pretty good South Carolina team and a, and a defense that can make you play pay if you uh, if you give your if you leave sort of a, a, an opening or anything like that. I don't really understand South Carolina. I mean, I, there's a lot of things I don't understand clearly, um, especially in this calendar year. But um, I will say that bad Carolina shows up and Texas A&M wins comfortably. Best game of the weekend, the cocktail party, Georgia and Florida. Obviously, this has national title, SEC title implications, all the above. Pretty much everything you can wrap your mind around for a football game, this one's got it. I'm going to go Georgia. I'm not impressed with Florida's defense. I think they're a problem. I think that, you know, when you look at it, this is a Gators team that that has a lot of fire, and Dan Mullen sure showed a lot of it last week, but... uh, I think that Georgia gets it done. I think they're going to outclass Florida. Well, I certainly uh, hope that Dan Mullen doesn't run to the dispatch office and incite a uh, brawl because I say this, but I'm going to pick Georgia to win this game because I think they're the better team. Finally, the barn burner of the weekend, I joke, Mississippi State-Vanderbilt. Battle for the SEC basement, uh, if I'm correct, that both of these teams sit in dead last in their respective divisions. Loser goes home, doesn't play football the rest of the year. What do we say? Well, um, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, maybe in an alternate universe, I will go with Mississippi State. I just don't think there's any way they can lose this game. And if they do, my my column in Sunday's paper will be a doozy. You think they cover the 16-point spread? I think they just cover it. I think they win by about 17 or 21. Got a score. No, I hate I hate score predictions. Um, forty-two to twenty-one. I I agree with you. I think Mississippi State wins this game. I think they cover the spread. Uh, I think it's going to be relatively close, though. I think you're going to see like a twenty-four to seven game. I, I don't see this game. I'm not sure what the over/under is, but I assume it's relatively low. And frankly, I'd take the under. I, I think this. I think this game's going to be low scoring. I think Mississippi State's going to be able to put some points on the board just because I think Vanderbilt, you know, with what they do in the pass rush and their secondary too, I, I just think Mississippi State's going to be able to to move the ball in this game despite what we've seen the last few weeks. Um, with that said, I, I'm going to say Mississippi State wins about 24-7. to 7. Garrick, got anything else? Um, well, well, we'll find out a lot on Saturday, I think. That's about all I've got. Well, for all of you out there listening, we appreciate you taking your time to spend a few minutes with us, and we'll catch you all next week.